0: Mindfulness Mode, Episode 13. I think being mindful, I just had to get through it, even though I wasn't at my best. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. Today I'm talking with James Newcomb, a professional musician, a trumpet player with the U.S. military, talking about his use of mindfulness. Now I'm hearing lots of feedback from you, Mindful Tribe, and would love to hear even more. See our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. Type James Newcomb, N-E-W-C-O-M-B, into the search bar and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Tell me how you use mindfulness in your life. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have James Newcomb on the line today. Hey, James, are you in mindfulness mode? I'm always in mindfulness mode. Fantastic. James Newcomb is a passionate musician and specifically a trumpet player who loves sharing music with people who would normally not have heard it. He started Musica Amisio, where he partners with churches and schools to share famous trumpet music with his audience. He's also the host of the podcast Outside the Music Box, where he celebrates musical creativity and innovation. He calls music a calling to create human interaction that leads to a better world. James, would you share with Mindful Tribe where the idea came from to create Music Amisio?
1: Absolutely. Well, I like to say that music is my calling and trumpet is my passion. Trumpet is the means by which I share the calling of music with others. So, Music Amisio came about while I was in the military. I've been in the military. Two times, both times as a musician, and I was in uh, 1994 through 98. Uh, just and then decided to leave, uh, pursue non-musical careers. Uh, long, long story short, I came back into the military to be a musician, and and this was in 2008. And 2008, I took music more seriously. It was something that I wanted to be my career. It is something that I wanted to be really my identity. I wanted people to think of James Newcomb as a musician, specifically a trumpet player. And so since I had done the military before and since jobs were sort of hard to come by at the time and I had to provide for my family, the military was an expedient means of doing that. Um, After a few years of doing the military uh, musician gig, it was going okay but I found myself a little bit unsatisfied musically. The military has a very set way of doing things. There's a very, uh, I guess it's kind of a limited um, repertoire.
0: Right. And I
1: had, uh, there's just so many uh, solos and solo repertoire for the trumpet that I had been practicing for years, and Mm -hmm. I had been really just looking for an opportunity to, share these these solos and all of this great uh, literature that has been written for the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And I decided, why am I waiting for the military to provide this opportunity? Why don't I stretch myself a little bit? And why don't I just, I'm just going to stick my neck out there. And I contacted churches, being in the military, we uh, have traveled the country quite a bit, the United States. Mm-hmm. And I, we've been members of several churches. And I just contacted them and it said, Would you like to host a trumpet concert? You provide the venue, you provide the audience, and I'll provide everything else, the entertainment, the uh you know, the music. So that is how Music Amicio came about. It's it was about three years ago and it's been very part time. Obviously the bulk of my activity musically has to be committed to the military since they are my employer and they well, they put the food on the table, so sure. But I've, I've been able to do 10 to 15 concerts a year. And, Good. you know, that's been a nice outlet. And now I'm in a position where I'm leaving the military very soon in the next few months. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely going to be looking to use what, uh, to build on what I have started with Music Amicio, uh, really taking my playing to the next level and really taking the uh, the, the idea of using music to communicate
0: to the next level and have that be uh, my next career. That's excellent. And I was a church music director for many years. And I can tell you, I would have loved to get a call from you, James, to say, hey, can I come over and do a, a concert at your church? Because we had beautiful acoustics. We had a great congregation who would have loved to come out and hear the concert. So great way to spread that message that music is a great way to communicate. So James, I'm interested about when mindfulness became a part of your life and if that's always been part of your performing skills and part of your performing or, or where that came into your life. Hmm.
1: Well, it's difficult to, for me to pinpoint uh, an exact time where mindfulness became a part of my life, because being a musician uh, it 's one thing to to just pick up a trumpet or to just sit down at a piano and play chopsticks that's i mean that That takes very limited amount of uh mental stimulation to do something <laughs> like that yes to play an instrument at a very high level obviously takes mindfulness. Absolutely. So, you know, I can't pinpoint an exact time when that became it. I guess if, if, if I was at the point of a gun, I would say that it was (laughs) when I made that decision to pursue trumpet as a career, I, I guess is when I would say that that is when mindfulness really
0: became a driving factor in my life. Sure. And as a musician myself, I certainly identify with what you're saying. It was certainly more of a gradual thing. And as I mm-hmm. became more and more serious and more passionate and worked on my instrument and really focused on that, I can think back and, and think to myself that mindfulness sort of came into my life on a gradual basis. And mm-hmm. so it sounds like you're much the same with that.
1: Well, it's, I mean, when you make a decision – to do something like, I'm going to be a professional musician. Right. I'm not, like, I'm a I'm a pretty good amateur, but now I'm going to be a professional. So once you make that decision, then you have to incorporate mindfulness to you do. achieve yeah. your goals.
0: So once you made that decision and then you, you became very focused on the trumpet and becoming better at it, becoming professional, did you notice that that same kind of, focused attitude sort of extended over into your personal life on a day-to-day basis. Did you experience that?
1: Yes. And it's, it's sort of interesting how I ended up going back into the military because I was so focused on trumpet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all I did. Uh, we lived in Hawaii at the time. Right. And I was so focused on trumpet and practicing and getting better and trying to get good that that was my only priority in life, and sort of this commitment to my wife to uh, have a job and put food on the table and be the provider of the family that sort of took a, a back seat. So in, in a way, my priorities were not completely where they should have been. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's great that I had this uh, ambition and this uh, desire to excel at the trumpet and to become a professional, but at the same time, it caused me to shirk my duties a little bit as a husband and as the provider. So that is what the long and short of it is what led to me going back into the military, to have a means of providing and at the same time have an outlet where I can use my
0: my gifts and my calling. Right. So going back in your life, I'm wondering when it was that you first started playing trumpet and that you first knew that trumpet was going to be a really large part of your life. Well, my dad gave me my
1: first trumpet lesson. I was eight years old and he had played the trumpet and he's, he still did at the time, but it wasn't, he wasn't serious. He wasn't a professional. That was my one and only New Year's resolution I've ever made. And I stuck with it. And my Uh (laughs) New Year's resolution of 1985 was to learn to play the trumpet just like my dad. So he gave me my first few lessons. It was something that I did, I, I guess the third through the eighth grade. It's something that I did. It wasn't anything that certainly didn't have any aspirations to be a professional, but I remember very, very clearly when I entered the ninth grade high school and the band director was a trumpet player himself. Uh-huh. And he listened to me play and he, and I just remember very clearly him saying, James, you have a lot of raw talent. Uh-huh. If I were to place one time when, when I began to, uh, be mindful of my, uh, abilities on the trumpet it would be then.
0: So that was very uplifting for you then.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. And so after that, I was like that was my identity through high school. I was the trumpet player.
0: And was there ever a time through those years where you just felt really discouraged? Did you ever have any plateaus and you just thought, "Oh, maybe I just might give this up." Did you ever f- remember anything like that? Yes.
1: My senior year in high school yeah. was uh wow, what a roller coaster. I, I, to this day, I don't know what happened physically, mm-hmm. but the the summer prior to the um, senior year, that's when I like hit the apex of my trumpet career. At that time, I was the first chair of the all state band, and Minnesota is pretty; they're pretty well known for their music, so that was quite an honor to be named the first chair, man, I'm telling you the senior year, uh, my parents were separated and I don't know what happened physically. Mm -hmm. I just could not play at the level that I had the year prior. That was when I began to think, well, maybe this isn't what I should do for a career. At that time, the military recruiter called and asked if I'd like to join the army. And I said, no way. Of course, why would I ever want to do that? And he said, well, what do you do? I say, I play the trumpet. And he said, well, we have a band. Why don't you do that? I said, no, oh, can run away from home. I don't have to go to college and uh, I can get paid to do something that I do
0: well. So it seemed like a good idea at the time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine that would be pretty, pretty intriguing <laughs> for a student at that age. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, very interesting, your story. I played saxophone all through high school and in my final year, it was a bit rocky for me too. I just didn't mm-hmm. quite know where I was headed. and So then after that, you got into the military and you became more focused. Is that right? You became focused and, and maybe you zeroed in on the specifics of learning to be a better trumpet player?
1: Yes. That was like my first experience of being humbled ah. uh, all through high school. I mean, even even with my struggles that I just described, I was still the best in the mm-hmm. school. Joining the military was humbling. Because there there were guys that had master's degrees, and for their own reasons, they decided to join the, join the army. Mm-hmm. When you're in that situation, you realize, I have a long way to go but at, but at the same time, you think, "You know
0: if these guys can do it, then I can do it." I'm interested in you as a performing musician. And as you started to perform more and more, do you think that you became more and more mindful and focused on that performance and you just kind of blocked out everything else? You describe to me how you see your performing life.
1: The way that I like to think of it is that performing is an instrument in and of itself. It's a completely different skill set from actually playing your instrument. I mean, it's one thing to learn your scales and it's one thing to learn your fingerings and the etudes and the uh, little rudimentary studies and everything. You have to do that. But then to perform these things in front of other people, it's a completely different set of skills that you have to develop. And really the only way to develop it is through practice. You have to learn how to deal with the nerves. Uh, The nerves are always there. But there's a skill of using those nerves that you know are are going to be there in a way that is going to empower you rather than disable you. It's just, I mean, it, it really is as simple as just doing it, doing it over and over and over until it's second nature.
0: So Mindful Tribe, whatever you're focusing on, whatever your passion is, listen to James and and what he's saying about how focused he had to be on music. And, you know, the acronym for focus, follow one course until successful. And you can tell from the way James is talking about his trumpet playing that he really, truly did that. James, I'm wondering if you can tell us a story about one of the most challenging performances you ever did and whether mindfulness may have played a role in that. I started Music
1: Amisio in the summer of 2012. Right. And I did I did three concerts that summer. And I think I, I may have done one or two in the fall. Uh, but then... I made an arrangement with our congregation in, we lived in North Carolina at the mm-hmm. time where I was stationed and I had made a, arrangements with the, uh, the leader of the congregation months prior. And this was like the big, this is my big mm-hmm. moment. And I, I was looking forward to this performance for just six months. This is the one date Uh, that I was looking forward to. And it was in January and it it was in North Carolina. And if you know anything about North Carolina, you know that the weather is such that it's not cold enough to just stay below freezing. Mm -hmm. Like if you have, uh, it can be maybe 38 degrees during the day. And then if it starts raining, then it's going to go below freezing at night and you've got problems. Okay. So we had... That exact situation the day prior to the concert, and I had this big, uh, just this big event, or, or, or uh, like the the final, the the grand finale of the concert was a a tribute to John Williams, the movie composer, yes. and it was something that I had written for a brass ensemble, and my brother was going to be driving down from Virginia to perform in it. And a bunch of my coworkers from the base at Fort Bragg were going to perform in it. And it was like, this is is going to be the showstopper. The crowd is going to love it. Um, So we have this huge snowstorm the day prior. And we're going to have the big rehearsal with the guys the day prior. Uh, My brother can't get down from Virginia Beach until late at night. Uh, the The roads are impossible to drive on it 's dangerous to drive on um, so we couldn 't have any rehearsal the day prior. We had to do all of the rehearsal the day of and so the morning the morning of the concert i mean and, and you have to remember that if you 're a brass player of any kind you your endurance is very limited so it 's not like you can play for three hours in the right. morning. And then play a a full of concert at night, not. you have to be very yep, yeah, you have to be very conserving mm-hmm. with your with how you play, so I literally have no choice but to perform this one piece with my brother that morning with our pianist, mm-hmm. and then uh the only time that we could rehearse with the coworkers for this John Williams piece was to do it just a couple of hours prior to the concert, so Long story short, I did way too much playing on the trumpet. And uh, I think w- once the concert actually started, I knew that after the first piece, I'm in, I'm in some trouble. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> not a good feeling. It was not a good feeling. I was, I was tired. I was um, fatigued. And I still have an entire solo concert wow. of an hour So literally, I I think like a good three months, I could still feel the effects of that physically because I still had to do my work for the military. Right. And um, yeah. So yeah, I think if I were to name one that was the most challenging, that was it. I think being mindful, I just had to get through it. Even though I wasn't at my best, I I had to get through it. It's not like I was just going to quit and say, sorry, I can't play. Concert's over. I decided whether I'm at my best or not.
0: I'm going to make it through. And I did. James, I've worked in bullying prevention for over a decade, and I've seen a lot of experiences where mindfulness could really help. Have you ever experienced any, any examples of bullying, either with adults or children, where mindfulness may have played a role or it could have potentially have played a role?
1: We grew up in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and we lived in the richest town in Minnesota And we were the poorest family Uh, in the richest town. And so I was pretty typical height now, but I was always the shortest kid. I was really scrawny. So I experienced my share of bullying when I was in uh, middle school, sixth to eighth grade. As far as being mindful, I I just decided I'm
0: I'm not going to let that define me. In my adulthood, it's made me more aware. Sure. And just making that decision, a lot of people would say that was a type of mindfulness. My next segment is the multimode round, James, and I just need short 30-second answers. That's perfect. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice?
1: That would be my trumpet teacher, the trumpet teacher that got me into professional trumpet. His name is Tim Conkling, and he lives in Indonesia. And he listened to me play and said, James, you have a lot of talent, and if you were to work hard, you could really make it as a trumpet player.
0: Excellent. How has mindfulness affected your emotions?
1: I always remember the term or the phrase, this too shall pass. It doesn't matter what you're going through, positive or negative, this too shall pass. And you just remember whether you're feeling good or you're feeling bad, tomorrow you're going to feel different. You just keep that
0: in perspective and you just, uh, it's balancing emotionally. I agree. I think of that, too. Mm -hmm. Tell us, James, how breathing is a part of your mindfulness. Well, breathing is a very important part of playing the trumpet.
1: (laughs) sure is. I mean, trumpet playing without breathing is kind of like oatmeal without the oats. You have to have it. There's a series of breathing exercises that I use to um, focus myself and as well as to prepare myself physically for playing the trumpet. So I guess that is how it helps me. If
0: you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be?
1: Uh, In line with my career, I would recommend The Music Lesson. And it is written by Victor Wooten. If you're not familiar with that name, then maybe you've heard of Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. Victor is the bassist for Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. And The Music Lesson is really how music is ubiquitous. And that music is really a part of everything that we do. It's not just something that you do on an instrument but it's something that is a part of us. Music is something with which we interact in
0: everything that we do. So I would definitely recommend The Music Lesson by Victor Wooten. What advice would you give a person who is new to the whole idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? There are no overnight successes.
1: Just to use that cliche, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Just remember that whatever you're going through right now is going to pass, whether good or bad. Slow and steady wins the race.
0: So, James, you're a podcaster as well as being a trumpet player in the military. Tell us about that.
1: Well, the podcast is called Outside the Music Box. It is, um, I guess you'd call it ecumenical when it comes to uh, instruments or genres. Mm -hmm. But it really focuses on innovation, entrepreneurship, and um, inspiration in the realm of music. I guess the best way to describe it is just finding new ways or really ways that define you as an individual, finding your own unique voice as a musician. So that's the purpose of it. We've had, all I mean, really all-star guests, very world-famous guests, and I've also had people that are not famous at all, but really the the focus is how music is really that driving force, that uh, it's something that we have to do. The website is OutsideTheMusicBox.com. Of course, you can find it on iTunes and Stitcher. And well, I'm just like you, Bruce. I just started earlier this year, so I'm a newbie at
0: podcasting as well, and it's just been a blast. Yeah, for me too. Yeah, exciting for sure. James, it's been a real pleasure to spend this time with you today, and I'm certainly inspired by what you've done in your life, making music such an important part of your life, and I'm fascinated to learn what you're going to be doing with music after this part of your your military life. Can you tell Mindful Tribe how we could connect with you and, and contact you?
1: Certainly. Well, I would recommend that you go to outsidethemusicbox.com. Well, if you'd like to send me an email directly, I'd love to hear from you. It is newjam76, N as in Nancy, E-W-J-A-M-7-6, at me.com, M-E.com. Again, the website is Outside musicbox.com.
0: Well thanks so much again and uh,
1: you take care bye now Thanks Bruce best of luck to you
0: Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode for insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode check out MindfulnessMode.com If you've enjoyed this podcast you can help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review In appreciation, I'll mention you at the top of an upcoming show. Till next time, mindful tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.